today. Let me ask you a question. Do we have a desire to change or to be changed? Do we actually have that desire today? Do we have a desire to be changed? To, 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 to change what's going on in our life? You know, I, I can I, I look throughout uh, uh, God's word and we see how God changed many. You know, he called, uh, I don't know, Noah. And he called him for a, a purpose to build an ark to... Uh, and, uh, and, and Noah began to listen to him, and his life began to, to change around that one uh, on purpose, pretty much. That was his life calling. Uh, his life changed. I think about Abraham. Well, here you find Abraham was someone that went from, uh, from country to country. He was a, 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 a nomad, pretty much. And, and, and God calls him and says, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. It says, I'm going to make changes within you, and I want you to follow my voice. And the Lord spoke to him, and his life was changed. I think about King David. Uh, King David was nothing but a, a, a shepherd boy in the day. That he had a, he had took good care of the sheep, and uh, little did he know at the time that uh, God was uh, grooming him to be the, uh, the greatest king that Israel ever had. And so uh, I always like to say this: when his, even his father saw nothing but a, a shepherd boy, a, a, a God saw a king. And so he began to change him and to shape him and to groom him into what, what he wanted him to be. We uh, see in the New Testament here that Jesus would walk up to disciples and say, I, I follow me and I will make you fishers of people. And then God began to change them. Jesus began to change. They walked with them, began to talk with them. We see a, a Saul in the New Testament. He meets a, 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 a Jesus on a road and that life-changing moment for him and things begin to change in his life. I'll ask you the question again. Do we have a desire to change? Do we have a desire for Jesus Christ to change us, to make us in something new? Uh, Billy, uh, 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 Graham once said that God has done everything possible to provide salvation, but we must reach out in faith and accept it. Jesus has done everything that he can do to offer salvation to us. You, would you agree with that? Say amen. He's done everything. He gave us life. He rose again on the third day that we can, we're able to be able to have salvation. He's done everything uh, possible. We live in defeat. Listen to me today. Because we do not accept the power that the Lord has given us. That the Lord has given us. When is the last time that you uh, prayed this prayer? Lord, change me. When is the last time I, have, I, I pray that prayer? Lord, change me. You say, I'd, I'd change into what? Well, Lord, change me and let him lead you on where the changing needs to happen. A lot of times we, we, we know there's things in our life that needs to be changed, but we don't I'd, I'd pray that prayer very often in our lives. Lord, change me. Maybe new. It's the love of the Lord that changes. We respond to him and we respond to his love. A, 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 a Manning once said, uh, that he uh, actually went to a cave and he locked himself in a cave for several weeks and, he's, and he knelt before a, a, a cross with Jesus hanging on it. And uh, he said he sat there for hours every day looking at Jesus on the cross. He had a cross and he, and he puts you know, like a figure on the cross. And after several weeks, he ran out of the, that cave and on his knees, he looked up to the sky and he said, why do you love me so much? Why do you love me so much? That was his re response of all those uh, several weeks. Why do you love me so much? Ever, uh, a miracle that we see is coming from a God that loves us. 
when he leads us into something, leads us into a ministry, leads us into something, that's God's love for us. That changing that I've been talking about, that's his love for us. He loves us so he wants to see us change. Here's a, a, a practical th uh, things that we see, that we, that we notice, that his love leads us to new jobs. It leads us to adding a second service next Sunday, matter, matter of fact. Are you excited about that? Amen. About 20 of you are. Great. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thankful and I'm glad that the Lord spoke to my heart and to the whole uh, staff and we're in this all together that we needed this second service to make sure everybody will have the opportunity to come and to gather uh, together. That's out of God's love. It's out of love for us. That's my love uh, uh, for you because I'm responding to his love. You know, well, we often need a, a marriage direction. You know, Jesus loves us. And he wants to lead us into that decision that's the most major decision after salvation is who we will spend the rest of our lives with. It's out of love of Jesus. So God is love. And out of that, conviction is love. Conviction comes. And when conviction comes, it, it speaks to my heart about the sin in my life. It, 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 it convicts me. Not out of just a, shelf, a, a, a shaming, but out of his love that I sense that I'm undone, that I need a savior. Amen? It speaks to me. It's not out of condemnation, but he's loving me, and it leads me to confession and to re, uh, 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 repentance. In the word today, I want us to read a scripture here today that uh, Jesus is, is loving and he, uh, and he uh, 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 ultimately changes a man's life in this area. I want you to stand with me. Let's turn to John chapter 5. And it's going to be on the screen. John chapter 5. Let me see if you're still awake. Uh, say amen real loud. Amen. amen. Very good. I think you're helping me. Okay? So when I look at you, uh, 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 many of you that sleep don't sleep today. Okay? That'll make me uh, feel much better. John chapter 5, uh, 1 through... One, one through nine. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, there was a, a, a pool. I uh, called in Hebrew, a Beth, Beth Zetha. Close enough, I guess, which has five uh, porticos. In these lay many uh, invalids, uh, blind, lame, and paralyzed. Can you imagine this whole scene? One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to, uh, to put me into the pool when the water is uh, uh, stirred up. And while I'm making my way down into, basically into the water, someone else steps down ahead of me. And Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. Now that day was the Sabbath. You can be seated. Isn't that a, good, a, a scripture today? Let me, ask you this, let me ask you this question. What stands in our way of not being changed? What stands in our, someone said fear. What stands in our way of not being changed? I have heard this uh, many, many times. I have heard people say, well, I don't want to go to church. This is someone lost that I'm inviting to church. Have you ever heard this before? I'm not going to go to church. You know why? I said, why? He said, those people are, are uh, 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 hypocrites. Ever, have you ever heard that before? Have you heard it? Oh, I have. 
Yeah, a lot of times uh, people say, I know, I'm not going there because they basically what they're saying is, is they don't live what they say that they live. They're not living it. And there's some, you know, we often go, uh, I scoff at that reason, but you know what? There's a lot of truth to it. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of, 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 of truth to it. I do not I follow Jesus because, you know, Sally down the hallway in my office building likes to talk about people or say things that she couldn't say. And I know she goes to that church over there and, you know, and she's a part of the leadership and stuff. And, and I see her, it's two different people. So the, therefore, I don't want to go. That is a legitimate thing that's happening. It's wrong. They will have still stand before Jesus Christ for it. But many times that's the excuse. Next one was one someone already said. Is for us, it's a fear. Change brings new ways of living that you maybe have never seen. That you've never seen. You have it might bring in the new friends. It might change, it's going to change everything about you. If you was once lost and Jesus Christ comes in your life. Or you might be <clears throat> heard this one. Well, if I if I get right with the Lord, I'm not going to have any fun anymore. It's just a bunch of rules. That's a legitimate excuse that I have heard throughout my life in ministry. Is when I witness to someone say, "Well, I don't want to live for the Lord. It's just a bunch of rules." I just look at the church, and all I hear from the church is, "I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't, I can't do this." That's a legitimate thing that they say. Now, once again, it's an excuse, but that's a legitimate thing that people say. It's wrong, but it has a lot of truth to it also because the church has presented ourselves in a way that is that we, once again, you heard say, is that we stand against a lot of things, but nobody knows what we stand for. And so people that we witness to and say things, well, I don't want to live for the Lord if I have to live the way you live. Because the only Jesus that some people will see is the Jesus they see in you. And whatever you're presenting to them in the name of the Lord, it's, that's going to be their opinion because they're not going to get in God's Word. So a lot of times it's, we, we, the, the people have fallen for the lie that serving God is not fun. I, I, I'll tell you something. When I got right with the Lord, I've had fun since then. Has there been moments that just didn't seem so fun. Has there been moments when the Lord would call me to something? I'd go, Lord, are you sure? I don't know this is fun anymore. But it was always fun in the midst of his presence, in the midst of his calling. So it's not a bunch of rules. But that's what we have made it out to be. Next one is, why don't we have change in our lives? I just can't do it. And you're exactly right, you can't. But God can't. It's I just can't do it. I, 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 have to, I have to giddy up and try to live right for the Lord. And, and every time I try to really live right for the Lord, I fall flat on my face. I fall flat on my face. You're right. You can't do it. Only God can do it through you. Another thing, here's a, a Christian is you don't want change. Maybe it's because if I have change, then there's responsibility. There's responsibility means I got to share Jesus with someone and that scares me half to death does it scare you to share Jesus with somebody amen kind of for some of us 
We are sharing everything about everything, but when it comes to the very subject of the change that Jesus can make, we run from it. We run from it. And so I really don't want to change. I want to be right with the Lord, but I really don't want to do a whole lot because I, I, I might have to witness or talk to others, to someone. And this is often his excuse because I just don't know enough. Ever used that before? I just don't know enough about the Bible to really share about Jesus Christ. I just don't know enough. And I says, well, whose fault is that? Understand? Well, whose fault is that if you don't know enough? Change. Do you want change in your life? Here's one. We have been a certain way for so long, we don't even recognize the change maker when he's calling. It's that we have been a certain way for so long that we don't even recognize. I'm talking about people of God, Christians now, that, that the Lord looks at you and there's chaos in your life and he wants to make a change, but you've been a certain way for so long, we don't even recognize it when the truth is there. This man here was 38 years. 38 years. It's a long time, isn't it? 38 years of being this way. 38 years possibly of living, going to that pool every day, hoping for a change. Probably hoping that somehow he would finally be healed of this. Here's, here's the issue. We trust in other things for us to make that change. Jesus is the truth, but we want to trust in something else to help us to make that change. For infants, for infants we, uh, for, we get a new job. Wow, I feel good about things. It's great. Or I get a new house, and I feel good about myself again. It feels wonderful. Or I'm in a new relationship with someone. Man, it really feels good. I, I think I sense some change in me. Well, let's have some uh, uh, the children. Man, it feels good. Let's... let's Let's have some children. Not like the Bradswells that have 25 now. How does that feel good? I'm kidding. Oh, we uh, use surgery to change our outward appearance. Makes us feel good about ourselves. We sense maybe that's a change that we needed. Or we have to get another a college degree. It does something about the knowledge. I, I need more, I need more, I need more. And it empowers us because we have so much knowledge. And, it, we, and we feel change. Or we have the right, uh, our friendships. And we have these right, uh, our friendships we can change. The common denominator of all these things, it makes us feel good about ourselves. Listen to me. I don't think Jesus is in the, in the business of wanting us to always feel good about ourselves. Okay? One, when salvation comes... I feel good about myself, and it's a legitimate feeling good about myself. But we often turn to things that well, you, we think that will change us and what God wants us to be. I mean, we know we talked a lot about the, the new room under uh, comforts. You know, we go from comforts to comforts to comforts. Some Christians, they can't get enough of it, but they come back to the, to the same old stuff. My uh, daddy tells a story. Now, I'm not saying about this comfort. This comfort is different. I say that. My uh, daddy tells a story way back in when he was in the Congregational uh, Methodist Church. They brought uh, John Maxwell in. 
And uh, they brought him in one year, and it was great, great, you know, at the general conference they would have. And, boy, you know, John, you ever heard him speak? You know, he can uh, claim a stage, you know, and you, he says, you're just tuned into him. Well, they bring him back the next year. And one of the things that he said was, I'm just going to tell you some of the same things, but I don't think you have done it for a whole year. So why should I just go back over it again if you hadn't even done what, you're, what we talked about from the year before? We have a desire to change, I believe. I think we have a desire to change. But when it comes right down to it, for whatever reasons, there's a lot more reasons that I could stand here and I could list up a whole lot more, is we just don't. In here, uh, Jesus comes, he says, in there was this man he was out of paralyzed this one man was there for he had been ill for 38 years when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time he said to him we think we catch the, the Jesus off sometimes we think we, we know we, he doesn't know what's going on this word knew here in the Greek means acquired knowledge. It means it's something that he already knew about. Someone didn't have to tell him about this moment. Nobody had to tell Jesus about what, what this man over here, he needs a touch. Jesus already, already knew. This man had already hit rock, uh, a bottom in his life. He didn't catch Jesus off guard. He enters there. It seems like that Jesus was not with his disciples. And Jesus walks in here, and he knows what's going on. He sees all, this, all these hurting people around this pool desiring for a change in their life, looking for something just to give them a little bit more peace, looking for something to give them more comfort. Are you with me? Are you with me? Say Amen. All right, I'm going to make sure. It hurts my feelings when I say, are you with me? Everybody just sends there. Like, I, want you, I want you to understand it. As a, I want you to listen to what Jesus is doing. He asks questions. Do you want to get well? What type of question is that, you think? That man's been laying there for 38 years desiring for someone to put him when the waters were stirred, and we can talk about what all that means and it was, uh, it was something in ancient uh, the times that, that people believed that water had a healing uh, 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 presence, that, that, that water could heal. Do you want to get well? What if, when, when the Lord speaks to our heart and says that, uh, do you want to get well? I know with me, my mind begins to go 100 miles an hour. He said, yeah, I want it done this way, this way, and this way, and this way. Uh, do you want me to, to lead you and direct you yeah yes Lord I do but I would want you to do it this way this way this way and this way understand that's the way we act that's the way we, we tell the Lord the things that we want him to do and this and, he, and, and, and here's this guy here it's been laid here for 38 years the answer is right in front of him and Jesus says you do want to be well He says, well, there's no one here to put me into the water when the waters are stirred. Someone always beats me to it. Now, that's another whole sermon there I could spend a little time on. But no, so his, his, 
his moment wasn't about Jesus. He said, yeah, I mean, he was probably thinking, oh, here's someone that's going to put me in the water when the waters are stirred. I can't wait it happens. That was his thought process. He had been this way for so long, and the answer was in front of him. So we often live in a, a, a bubble because it's safe. We often live within this bubble because it's safe. You know, it might be chaotic. It might cause us pain. It might cause us hurt. No, it's just one of those things. Why, do a, why does a spouse stay in an a, a abusive relationship? And psychiatrists and different ones have written about this over and over again. Why do they stay in this abusive relationship? Fear. It's the norm of their life. They cannot come to the place, well, how do I get out of, out of this? What's out there might be worse. That's what's in here. And so we live in this bubble. And in our, our Christian lives, a lot of times it's chaotic. A lot of times it's what ifs. And the Lord the whole time is saying, do you want me to change you? Do you want me to change you? But Lord, no, I, I, no, I, I, Lord, you have to understand this. This is this is this is crazy. This is uh, uh, scary. Do you want me to change you, Lord? I have no one. And and Jesus didn't respond to him. He just about, he's about to heal him. Jesus could have said, "Hey, hey, don't you know who I am?" And we find out later the guy had had no clue who he was. But we have a clue today. We have a clue. When things are in our life that God is pointing those out, he wants to make a change within us. He wants to set us free. And he's calling us today. Well, Jesus looks at him without seemingly any faith from this man at all at first. He says, stand up. Take your mat and walk. And here, I believe, here comes the faith. Jesus empowered him to believe in something. Jesus' words empowered him to believe in something. This man had been laying there for 38 years. All he had ever known was, if I could just get into the water, then I would be healed. But here comes along someone that says something different. I never heard this before. And this man, and this man is standing before me and says, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be changed? And he says, stand up, take your mat, and walk. What happens? The, the man was empowered by the Lord to be healed. He was empowered by the Lord to be healed. This man desired help. He desired help. And the master comes along and offers that healing touch. So let me ask you a question again. What excuses are we using in our life for whatever's going on in our life? What excuses are we using when the Lord is pointing something out? Or even you know there's an area in your life that's not right with him. There's an area that's going on that is, that is not right. What excuse do we have when we continue to struggle with those things? When the Lord has given us ways to be able 
to bring healing. And a lot of times the Lord uses so many different ways. He uses sometimes this supernatural, instantaneous healing. There's time, there is counseling, there is time for a lot of different things. I believe in the doctors. If you have a sickness, that the Lord uses the doctor's hands to bring healing. Every time I'm, I go into surgery with someone, this is what I pray. I say, Lord, thank you for giving this, this doctor the knowledge to bring healing on this person today because it all comes from you. That is my prayer. When that person goes out of... Have I ever told you about I had a tumor in my leg one time? When that tumor was taken out, I was looking at the doctor. He did a wonderful job. And Dr. Munson is a great man, a great doctor. But I have to understand that that knowledge and that all that came from Jesus Christ. And so healing came to me through the hands of someone else. But we have to come to the place is that we've got to stop making excuses about our life. We've got to stop making excuses. There's things in our life that God wants to get out. And we need to allow the Lord to confront us with them. He says, and speak those words into us. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be changed? This man was changed. He got up, walked away. And I didn't read it to you, and I'll begin to end with this. It was the Sabbath. Everybody's looking at this and seeing what was going on, healing on the Sabbath and all type of stuff going on. Jesus finds this man once again. He finds him again. And they, 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 all the officials bring him in and said, who was this person, who was this he was this guy, and, and Jesus comes into the synagogue. It's a great place for this man to go. But when change comes, responsibility comes. Responsibility comes. If you read on further down, Jesus confronts him, uh, confronts him. And he says to him, stop sinning. Because worse things, worse, worse things can happen to you. In other words, this man didn't move from, he was healed, and the Lord healed him, but he didn't have a clue on how to live yet. And so Jesus confronts him and says, stop sinning. I've changed your life in, in healing. You can walk again, but I want to change your life on the inside. I want to change you. We have to understand it's time to stop sinning. It's time to stop. And here today is, some, is my encouragement to us. Here comes a time as we are saved, born again out of Christians, that we don't struggle with sin anymore. It's that we can put things under the uh, 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 blood and Jesus helps us through it. I'll say it again. Jesus is not necessary here to make you feel good. And why, not, why, do, I, why do I say that? Because if you go to some places in the world that's going through persecution, everybody look at me. They're just getting ready to sing. They probably don't feel real good. I don't think getting persecuted in my faith, knowing I'm going to die, feels real good. Would you agree with that? I agree with that. I'm thankful that I feel good, but we as Christian Americans have this tendency that a relationship with Jesus Christ is there just to make me feel better. 
part of it. But he wants to do so much more than that today. This man, did he feel good? I bet when he got up and began to walk, I could see him running down the street. I could see him just, just look, I can run. I can, I can walk. But it brings responsibility. It brings responsibility. And that change comes. What are you dealing with today? What struggles you have in your life that the Lord wants to meet you there and say, I'll change you right there. I'll make that change. The Lord uh, speaks to me about the changes I need to make in my life. Once again, my weight is one of them. I've lost 11 pounds, by the way. And so, but I'm not there yet because it's a constant issue with me. And I know that the Lord is faithful. I know he's able. And I even know that. But do I believe it that he can do it in me? Do I believe it? He calls on me like he said to this man when he said, I have no one to put me in the, in, in, into the pool. Jesus ignores the question that says, just, write, just take your mat, get up, take your mat, and walk. He empowered him to get up. Understand here what's happening here? Jesus empowered him to get up. And he wants to empower you. He wants to empower me to make the changes that he is showing us through his Holy Spirit. Why? Because he loves us. That's why. And a, a byproduct, a lot of times, of Jesus making a change, we feel good. Our flesh feels good. It feels great. But it's that underlying commitment, knowing that the Lord is there. How does someone deal with a persecution that's dealing you know, with their life? It's because they believe in Jesus that either here or there, they're going to be with him. They're with him now. They're going to be with him there. If they, are, if they are killed for their faith, so be it. Because they have understood the change down deep in their heart. So what is your excuses today? What are my excuses today? It says, Tim, you don't know what I've dealt with my whole life. You don't know the, uh, the uh, abuse I've dealt with. You don't know the family I was raised in. You don't know... Th- my a workplace where I have to go every day. I don't, but Jesus does. And he can say the same words to you if you just allow him to. I want you to stand with me.